20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Thursday, May 13th, episode 1023, as my bosses behind me tell me, Pack a Day Podcast is back. And I am not with Rob Rieger. I am not with Eli Berkowitz. I am Jacob Westendorf, and I am joining you on Thursday with my usual crew. Jingle and Jangle and Mrs. Claus are back together with apologies <laughs> to Nick Schmitz for that analogy. But that is what we have. I am joined once again by little Jimmy James, Jimmy Christensen. A uh, little difference in you guys. This is not a video show, obviously, but a little difference in your background. You got yourself a little signed Devontae Adams jersey back there. So that's pretty sick. Yes. I or this side of me. Uh, I won it on the Packer connection that where you, you buy a little raffle ticket. So I uh, I won it through that first one I ever did, and I won. So I'm kind of nervous to do another one because I don't want to. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of want to keep my 100 percent record. I did that with betting, and I won one, and then I lost two in a row, and I haven't bet since. So I'm shy <laughs> for that very reason. I understand that. And then, of course, the star of the show, the one you guys come here to listen to, not us two idiots babbling, and the person who she got a break from us for a month, uh, unfortunately, was not able to get her trade request processed by Andy <laughs> Herman, the great Maggie Loney. Maggie, welcome to the show again. Yeah, I'm on my way to like the Broncos a day podcast and so that won't get processed until after June 1st. So, <laughs> but no, I'm happy to be back. of information tells me that that may very well end up being accurate. So let's start there, guys. It's, it's been a while, obviously, since we've we've spoken uh, on on the airwaves like this. So let's just kind of go into the Aaron Rodgers situation. And I don't want this doesn't need to be an Aaron Rodgers episode. Uh, but I haven't had an opportunity to talk about you know how I feel about it on this show and how you guys are feeling about things and ultimately what you think is going to happen. So, Maggie, I'll let you start just basically your range of emotions between draft day, a couple hours before the draft starts, and now. Yeah, I mean, I think night one, it was just kind of that initial shock of maybe having a sense that things were a little bit rocky and then hearing all the reports, realizing that maybe what we'd kind of speculated for a couple of years had come to fruition and it was like a boiling over point. Um, So I will say over the course of the last couple of weeks, I felt better and better about Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay. Uh, The first couple of days you know, it was really negative, but I think that was just kind of the spin on the reporting. It's really easy when you're, you know, using the inflection in your voice to kind of alter maybe, you know, how you want news to be perceived. So I think at first it was kind of jarring and shocking to Packers fans, especially the timeliness of it coming on draft night. Um, But now that I've had time to kind of process it and think about it, I still think Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback in 2021. I do think that an extension gets done. I haven't decided yet what I think that means for Jordan Love long term, but I do think that Aaron Rodgers will kind of break that 16 season curse for Packers quarterbacks. And I think if the Packers are going to run it back, this is the best landing spot for him. And it's the best case scenario for the Packers, at least for the next couple of seasons. Yeah, that that's what it really boils down to is the question that I don't know if this has been asked to Aaron Rodgers or maybe he realizes it and just doesn't care or you know why I don't I'm not Aaron Rodgers. I and I don't talk to him, I don't know him, so I don't know what he's thinking. But Maggie, you said it well there. His best chance to win a Super Bowl in the next two seasons is in Green Bay, Wisconsin as quarterback of the Packers because they've put together this entire team 
that was a play here or there away from playing in last year's Super Bowl. And considering the way Kansas City played, maybe winning that Super Bowl, that's the best spot for it. But Jimmy, what are your thoughts? You know, how did everything kind of progress from, like I said, Thursday was, you know, we're all at the highest of highs. It's finally draft day. We're excited to see who they draft. And then at about two o'clock, it's just, it plummets to, oh man, like now we're going to talk about the quarterback situation for the next three months, you know, maybe longer, but you know, what are your thoughts on, on everything as it's progressed? Yeah. Day one, I was definitely going through my seven steps of grieving and I was definitely at the anger stage. Um, after the reports kind of come out that Schefter, cause for me, I, I just thought Aaron leaked that, that he wanted to be out. Um, and so I think that what's kind of fueled most of the frustration when I had that day. Uh, but now that it kind of came out with Schefter that he, it's just an accumulation of information and it wasn't an actual Packers didn't say anything. Rogers didn't say anything. It's kind of what we already knew from last season. We knew that Rogers felt the type of way when they drafted love. We knew he wasn't happy with just some other things that they did, but he still came back, played, had a great season. Um, I'm feeling better that he's going to be our quarterback next year. Like I said, when it first happened, if I could have any quarterback right now, be our quarterback, it's Aaron Rodgers. I want him. I want him to be our quarterback, but at the end of the day, I don't want to beg a player to, to suit up for us. Um, so if he leaves, he leaves, I'll be sad, but um, I, I am more confident now that he's going to be our QB, which is great because I really want another trophy in Lambo. Yeah. I'm with you. You know, the first day it's like, okay, you know, my, my first thought is that's just not going to happen. Like they're just, they're not going to trade you. So I don't, you know, I don't really know what this is all a do about, you know, I think some of the reports have been, a little crazy to kind of go through, you know, the Jerry Krause thing is legitimately funny to me that that's, that's a real thing. Uh, I will say this, um, Adam Schefter saying that there wasn't a specific source that day that caused him to break that story is not the same thing as him saying he has no sources. He has no nothing. And the story was made up. That story is, this story is not made up. Um, Mark Murphy acknowledging it in his Murphy takes five article alone tells you that there there's something, you know, what it is, how big it is, how little it is. I don't think we'll ever know. Ultimately my prediction. And as I've told the, my, my two friends here before the show is anything else I say on Twitter other than this is just for reactionary purposes and it works a hundred percent of the time. So that's why I love Twitter (laughs) as much as I do is I think the Packers bend a little, I think they do some things differently than what they've traditionally done, giving him input, not necessarily saying, Hey, I want you guys to go sign Jake Kumaro. So they do, but (laughs) giving him input on personnel decisions, giving him some of that insight on what's going on and communicating better with him. And I think Rogers bends a little bit from the standpoint of he's not going to retire and go host jeopardy. He's not going to ask to be traded. They'll get an extension done. And Maggie, you said you weren't sure what that means for Jordan love. I don't see a scenario where both of those guys are on this roster next year, which makes me feel bad for Jordan love. Uh, he's a, what an unintended victim of, of this situation, mm-hmm. but that's just the way I think it it's going to work out in the way that it has to work out moving forward. But I think Rogers is the quarterback and I think the Packers then if he's back, obviously they have a really good opportunity to win the Super Bowl, and they have an opportunity there for the next couple of years, and they'll have to figure out the quarterback situation again when that time comes, but they may have to do it a little differently than what they've traditionally done. So 
it's unfortunate that it's worked out this way. You know, I think um, obviously the team has some of its faults. They haven't, they didn't do everything. They didn't handle everything correctly. And frankly, neither is the quarterback. And I think that's, that's a fair thing to say as well, but we don't want to focus solely on the quarterback. Today was a bit of a holiday uh, of sorts. We have the schedule released today. So green Bay, eight games at Lambeau field, nine games on the road and a, a group of, preseason games so the Packers will play three preseason games this year the first of which is on August 14th Uh, that'll be a home game against the Houston Texans they'll play two home games in the preseason and one in Buffalo before opening with the New Orleans Saints so for the sake of discussion here when we go through everything just so you guys are aware we're assuming based on what we all just said that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback because the storylines are obviously different if he's not but we're going to assume that he is going for it. So, Jimmy, when you saw the schedule as it leaked, thank you, Kyle Cousineau and Marcus <laughs> Eversall, but uh, as the full schedule became official, you know, what did you see? What was the first thing that jumped out at you? Yeah, I saw we have a couple tough back-to-back games. That's like one thing that stood out to me right away. We have um, going out right away to week three, we have the Steelers or the uh, 49ers and then go to the Steelers. Those are two tough defensives back-to-back, um, which I don't know. Their their defenses are just going to be tough. Steelers always have a nice defense. The 49ers are getting Bosa back and the other pieces that they lost due to injury last season. Uh, and then going again, we have the Chiefs and Seahawks back-to-back and then the Ravens, which another tough defense and the Browns back to back. So there's a couple little tough stretches like that. Um, one thing I did like is we have that 10 game break before we play the chiefs. So that was one thing that stood out to me. That was nice. Um, we have to go to Car- or, uh, Arizona on a short week and face the Cardinals with their offense. They have a bunch of old people, but they also have some young talent. So uh, I, there's definitely some tough stretches, but I'm, I'm excited because with the team like this, the one that one that we think, uh, can can win a Super Bowl. It's, it's nice to see them kind of prove it throughout the season against great competitors. There's no saying that this was a uh, last year with the Bears being what were they five and one. There's no saying that with the Packers this year. Yeah, that's true. And I think you know you mentioned that Thursday night game against Arizona. You know they've done a better job, I think, of trying to get. They've ignored the. They wanted to do division matchups on Thursday nights, but then they realized that some division games are just really bad and hard to watch. So they're trying to put some better games on that. The green Bay and Arizona could be one of the more intriguing matchups of the season. Aaron Rodgers against Kyler Murray, the two of the younger coaches, JJ Watt plays for the Arizona Cardinals. It could be the last time if Larry Fitzgerald ends up deciding he wants to play, that'll be in Arizona. I like that Thursday night game is interesting. Maggie, obviously we know which game is circled on the Loney household calendar. So aside from that, what jumped out at you first on the schedule? Yeah, I think to me, when everything kind of started leaking out, I was just surprised by the sheer number of 325 and late games. And to me, and maybe this is just, you know, bias as a Packers fan, the late games weren't necessarily super interesting. Like Monday Night Football against the Lions would have rather seen that be the Saints or the Chiefs or, you know, even the Cardinals, honestly, Washington football team. It felt like there were a lot of playoff contenders or playoff teams from last year that made a little bit more sense in some of these primetime slots. So to see like opening the season at 325 against the Saints, 
knowing that the Packers also have Sunday night football against the Bears and the Vikings towards the end of the season. It was just kind of weird to me, I guess, you know, especially as like a, a green package season ticket holder. A lot of the green package games to me felt like really interesting choices from the schedule. And, you know, it could pan out that that's what makes it so interesting, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love under center. You know, I think there's kind of that sense of intrigue if Jordan Love is the quarterback, seeing what he's like in primetime. So I I understand that side of it, kind of hedging your bets as the schedule maker, regardless of who the quarterback is. But yeah, definitely, I think that was my biggest takeaway to start was just really being surprised by the the matchups themselves that made primetime, not the number, because we kind of figured the Packers would have the full number of primetime games. That they do. And of course they did. Obviously, they're they have two primetime games in their first three weeks. They play Monday night football against Detroit, and then they'll play on Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers and Santa Clara against Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance. That remains to be seen. The first thing that jumped out to me uh, is that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I love the history of the NFL. I think when you start talking about, you know, Packers and Bears, obviously that's a big deal. But when you talk about football royalty, over the course of the entire existence. Obviously, the New England Patriots have thrust themselves into that conversation, but a lot of that is within the last 20 years. From the 1900s until now, the Packers and Steelers, along with the Dallas Cowboys, are the most successful franchises in all of football. When those two teams get together, I always love watching it. You know, the Super Bowl 45, you obviously get the highlights of that on the television if they choose to do that, which I'm always down to see highlights of Super Bowl 45. At any time, it'll be the last time that Aaron Rodgers faces off against Ben Roethlisberger, barring another Super Bowl appearance. So I think that part is interesting. You've got the T.J. Watt storyline that comes in uh, with him coming to play. The Steelers' defense is really good. I I called the Steelers, they're like the AFC version of the what-ifs for the Packers. What if they drafted T.J. Watt instead of Kevin King? I'm not sure if you guys have heard that story or not. And what if they drafted Chase Claypool instead of Jordan Love? That's one example of a receiver whose name comes up pretty often for last year. So I dig the Steelers game. I look forward to seeing them play. I look forward to seeing the fan base battle because the Steelers travel very well. And assuming 100% capacity, which according to Ben Albright, the league is preparing for 100% stadium capacities in 2021. Now that's on May 12th. What happens on September 12th, that's four full months from today. That remains to be seen. But if that's what they're prepping for, I look forward to seeing how much green and gold is in the stands as opposed to black and gold. Uh, So I I think that part's going to be fun. The next question, whenever I used to look at the schedule, it was what game am I trying to buy tickets to? So that's my preference. The first game I'm picking. So Maggie, let's start with you. What game are you buying tickets for? Well, if you follow me on Twitter or I guess a lot of other Packaday podcasters, the narrative that came out right away was uh, what will the Loney household be like on Christmas? And that's, you know, right away. Mark and I had made a bet ever since we started dating that anytime the Packers and the Browns played each other every four years, we would go to the game, whether it was home or away, and we would take a picture under the scoreboard and we would frame that picture and then we would put it in our basement. So Obviously, four years ago, it was just a barn burner of a game between Brett Hundley and Deshaun Kaiser. We were there. It was freezing. And there is a picture of me smiling and Mark frowning in our basement uh, under the scoreboard in Cleveland. So now, of course, four years later, 
Mark and I will be sacrificing Christmas Day with our families to go to Lambeau Field, and I'm hoping for a 2-0 start to the basement uh, Packers-Browns wall. I will say, too, that, you know, you mentioned the Brett Hundley and Deshaun Kaiser thing. This game is not that. The Packers are Super Bowl contenders, and they typically have And them. are the Browns. And the Browns are, too. <laughs> yes, that's exactly where I was going with that was Baker Mayfield and Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom and Jadeveon Clowney and just Kevin Stefanski. He's done some really good stuff there. They'll have Odell Beckham back. You know, presuming relative health, that Browns game is one of the most intriguing ones on the schedule. Nostalgia, family ties, all that stuff or not, that is – and then you have Lambeau potentially in the snow between these two teams. You know, you could get a throwback to that 1965 NFL championship game, but these are two of the most talented teams in the sport and seeing a team, you know, seeing that happen late in the season like that, you know, it could maybe, you know, what, seven months from now when we're sitting here doing this again, we're talking about how maybe that's the statement game that green Bay has like they had last year against the Tennessee Titans, where it was just, okay, now we know this team can win a championship. Like last year after that Titans game, I think all of us sat and we're like going into the game. We're like, Oh, you know, if they avoid a certain matchup or if they don't have to do this or that, then they can win. And after they blew the Titans off the field, a team that presumably matched up very well with them, we knew. And unfortunately it didn't work that way, but I think after that game, that was their statement game, so to speak. So little Jimmy James, where is your heart lying for finding a game at Lambeau? Yeah, I'm, I'm torn between two of them, but I'm going to have to go uh, week 12 against the Rams. One, I want to see how that offense works with Matt Stafford in it. But also when I was a little kid, the Rams were my second. I loved, I loved Marshall Falk. He was, I had his jersey. I'm pretty sure I have a poster of him still hanging up downstairs. Um, I loved I loved the Rams when I was little too. So it'd be just nice to finally. It was always a a goal, or I always wanted to when I was younger. And now um, it'd be cool to finally get to go to a Rams Packers game. That would be. Uh, I am going to tell Jamal that you did not say the Lions game. So Mr. Jamal is <laughs> very upset with you that that is not your pick, but. You know, I, I, I do like Monday night football. There's still something I keep using the word nostalgic, but you know, for me, when I was a kid, Monday night football was the game. That was where they tried to put stuff. So that Detroit game, it's not just a run of the mill lions game, even though I, I think, I think the lions are going to be terrible, but you know, frankly, I think that's something that could be intriguing. Detroit has played green Bay tough, you know, for the most part, the last couple of years, especially in Detroit, this game will be in green Bay, obviously from there. But, you know, I mentioned that Steelers game earlier. Um, If I were making sure that, you know, you give me my pick of the lot of a team I want to buy tickets with, you know, my thing is when I go to a game, I want the atmosphere to be cool. And I want to have the opportunity to lose my voice. And in order to have the opportunity to lose my voice, I need to hate somebody on the other team. And Russell Wilson <laughs> is <laughs> unbearable, maybe through no fault of his own, but I find him so corny. And I think those, maybe it's because of the NFC championship game that never happened, but until Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are not around anymore, I will never see those uniforms and think anything other than I hate them. I I have it trained in my house. The two women that live in my house 
Blake's not old enough to really say this yet, but it's the Seattle Sea Hags. <laughs> I will not call them the Seahawks for those very reasons. So that's one game. It's in the middle of November, so it's not too warm. It's not too cold yet. Uh, it could snow, though. Maggie, a couple of years ago, we went to a game. It was November 10th. <laughs> November 10th, and we had a snow globe. That was incredible to me on that. So Seattle is definitely one I look forward to. Uh, and then obviously those, you know, those later games, those December night games, uh, January night games, because there's two of those this year, um, those kinds of things too. So let's, let's pretend guys that money is not an object. And unless somebody here won the lottery and I'm not aware of that, then money is an object for us, but let's assume it's not. You look at that road schedule. If you could pick one of those games to go to on the road, Jimmy, which one are you saying? Let's pack it up and let's go on a road trip. Um, I would have to go week one against the saints. Uh, they also have fans that are just intense and crazy and it'd just be, it'd be fun to be in that environment as a, as a road team, just to see what kind of heckling I get and just all the, I don't know. I just being in another crazy environment would be super fun. And it's a, granted, depending on their quarterback play, it could be a really tough matchup. It's the start of the season. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely pick the saints. Okay, so you've got New Orleans. Maggie, looking at that road schedule, maybe it's somewhere you've been before, maybe it's somewhere you haven't, but where are you looking to travel? Yeah, my only road stadium that I've been to is First Energy in Cleveland. So um, as much as I would love to go to Kansas City, you know, I feel like there's at least 10 years now to see Mahomes and the Chiefs in Kansas City, and that's kind of an easier trip for me. So I, looking at the schedule, I'm really intrigued by Baltimore. Obviously, they kind of had a fizzle out to the end of their season last year, but I think they got some new talent brought in. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is a ton of fun. He probably is one of the most dangerous opponents for this Packers defense until we kind of see what they look like um, in Joe Barry's defense in 2021. So to me, I think that would be a ton of fun. And Obviously, Mark has trained me to just despise the rest of the AFC North. So I, it would be really, really easy for me to just completely buy in against hating the Ravens. See, and that's tough for me because I I like the it's, – it's weird for me because I like the AFC North. I like all of those teams. You know, the Browns, they've got that, that history with the dog pound. The Steelers are a team that are like the Packers in that way. I You know, the, the Steelers and the Browns, you can kind of pick one. Based on, and it's kind of weird because the two teams hate each other, but you could legitimately say either one of those teams is like the Packers AFC brother sister. And I would totally buy into that kind of thing. The Ravens, I like their organization from top to bottom. I've got a lot of respect for the Harbaugh family. Obviously, I think John's a really good coach. He was somebody when Green Bay hired Matt LaFleur, I would have been in on John Harbaugh being their coach if they decided to go that route. I love Lamar Jackson. I love a lot of the players that they have on their team. So I understand that, but there is one stadium on their road schedule. Well, I've been to a couple of their stadiums uh, that are on the road schedule, but Arrowhead guys, if you haven't been to Arrowhead, it is phenomenal atmosphere. The, the tailgating before the game, uh, when they sing the national anthem before the game, it's land of the free and home of them. The entire crowd yells chiefs. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, you know, and then obviously from the game standpoint, it's two best quarterbacks in football will be playing against each other. So seeing that show would be, would be something. The last time I went to Arrowhead was 2011 <laughs> and famously known as the game that ended the Packers perfect season. Derek Sherrod's leg blew up that day. And, and so did a lot, a lot went wrong. Not, not a lot went well that day. So, but Arrowhead, Kansas city's awesome. 
The people were great. Uh, as a visiting fan, obviously, that's something I take into account, especially considering I've been to Minnesota a couple times and Vikings fans suck. So getting Chiefs fans that were that were pretty cool, it was a fun experience. Uh, just just being able to experience one of the better stadiums, I think, in, in all of football. So, guys, uh, we're looking at the tail end here. You know, the question that goes on everybody's mind is the division games. You know, when, when do you get those and, and how do they go? So the Packers, they finished their season with two. They play Chicago at home in December. They played Minnesota at home in December, Detroit in the last game of the season. So that game is in a dome, which could bode well for Green Bay. Uh, they have a November game at Minnesota right in the middle, and that's an indoor stadium, so that doesn't matter a whole hell of a lot. And they play at Soldier Field uh, October 17th. So looking at the division games that way, you know, Maggie, how do you see – Matt LaFleur is, what, 11-1? and one? against the division, which is incredible to me that that is still the case. But how do you see that shaking out as far as Green Bay? You know, post-draft, again, assuming 12 is the quarterback, and, you know, we obviously know what we know about those Vikings teams and the Bears and the Lions as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the last couple of seasons, kind of, if you look at even the quarterback situation, Matt Stafford was always the guy for the Lions that kept them in, in games. And knowing that he's not a quarterback, that's not intended to be any disrespect to Jared Goff. But I'm really curious to see how he does in this offense, because it's always kind of been Matt Stafford as like a really underrated quarterback in the NFC North. And arguably, obviously, I think if you asked most Packer fans, they would rate him as number two behind Aaron Rodgers as far as NFC North quarterbacks are concerned. So to me, I think that's going to be something really interesting to see with the Lions. Obviously, of course, Jamal Williams being there too. It's a little bit harder to root against them than maybe in previous years. But I think to me, the thing that I'm looking at right now is obviously the Bears had a fantastic draft. Really, the entire NFC North did. I talked to Andrew and Kyle about this on Pack-A-Day last week, and the entire NFC North draft was just fantastic. Everybody kind of got all of their needs addressed and got really talented players. And the Bears, to me, had the best draft class of the NFC North, which, you know, I hate talking about it, but Justin Fields, they got their left tackle of the future and Tevin Jenkins. So to me, I think the the real narrative will be, you know, is Justin Fields the guy for the Bears by week six or do we see him towards the tail end of the season? And that's what I'm most curious about is, you know, I guess who their quarterback is because we know, obviously, Minnesota's got some of the same key pieces so it's really just kind of what happens with chicago i think yeah i'm with you the answer to that question i think is week one uh i think justin field starts immediately as soon as they they got andy dalton and that was a bridge idea justin fields to me was the second best quarterback in this draft as soon as my brother looked at me and said chicago's on the clock i said a word i can't say on on pack a day so it wasn't good and I hated Justin Fields when he was at Ohio State because he beat the piss out of Michigan every chance that he got. And, of course, Ohio State loses Dwayne Haskins, who's a first-round pick. And who do they have come in to replace him? This transfer dude who's Justin Fields and is even better than him. It's good to see the Buckeyes continue to catch breaks. That's that's a group that really needs them. But I'm with you. You know, The 17th, I think Justin Fields starts week one, if not week one, very early. But by the 17th of October, that's what, week six – I think that, yeah, week six, Justin Fields is in the lineup by then. And I think that that'll be, that'll make things interesting at minimum in the North. You know, like I said, I hope Justin Fields, I wish him well in his health and his career, but I hope he stinks every time he plays the Packers. That's just, that's how I feel about those things. But Jimmy, looking at the division, obviously we play against Jay Swag Daddy twice. So we know that's the deal. 
and I think we've said that we agree. We hope he runs for 120 yards and two touchdowns in both of those games, but that the Lions lose 42 to 14. Yeah, that's fine for me. So yeah, but you know, looking at how those games are set and where they play, and you know, what are your thoughts on on that? You know, I know Minnesota November that could be interesting just because it could be a game for, you know, supremacy in the North at the time. Just, you know, what are your thoughts on how those division games are set and shaking out? Yeah. I'm, I'm always worried about the Vikings because they always seem like a team, especially since we're playing them twice. It's our first one's week 11. Then we have them again, week 17, 17. It's that crunch time of the season really. And I, they're a team that seems like they have all the pieces. They just never seem to put them together. They have really talented receivers. Um, they have Dalvin Cook, who's one of the best backs in the league. And I think this offseason they did a really good job beefing up their defensive line, which was the Vikings were known for always having a, a really nice defensive front. So that's kind of I'm a little I'm looking at that towards the end of the season. On like you said, we're fighting probably fighting for supremacy in the NFC North. Uh, they're, I don't know. I'm always weirdly nervous about the Vikings, but those are the ones I always circle. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to those two the most for the, the NFC North rivalry. And I am, and we'll see, you know, very soon this is, we're back and we're rolling and we're happy to be here. Obviously we're happy to be here on schedule release day. Look forward to seeing some of you at Lambeau field this fall. I uh, want to thank you guys for listening to this show like you did during the draft season and all off season long. Like we could continue to do 365 days a year. And I think we might have a thing or two to talk about now with, with the quarterback situation working out the way that with the way that it is. But I want to ask you guys follow the podcast on Twitter at pack a day podcast. If you're into Apple podcasts and you like what you hear, like subscribe, give us one of those five-star reviews. Tell us what you like and want to hear more of. We take all that feedback, obviously, and we love getting that from you guys. Uh, you're going to follow me on Twitter if you like hearing what I have to say. It's at Jacob Westendorf. You can find Maggie at Hit the Tape. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write for Cheesehead TV, and I also podcast with Perry Goldstein for the Packs, which she said podcast. And little Jimmy James, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C08. Um, I do Lombardi's Bar at Game On Wisconsin. Also have a podcast with Todd and Aaron. Uh, Whiskaholics, that also comes out on Thursday. So if for some reason you listen to this and think, man, I want to hear his voice again, you can find me there. <laughs> um, and then again, every Thursday with Pack-A-Day. Every Thursday with Pack-A-Day. We're back and better than ever, or at least most of us are. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk again next week. Get your tickets ready. Get everything ready because there's eight games at Lambeau next season and we're prepping for the best. So I'm going to be an optimist and I'm going to say we're going to have fans in the stands and ready to roll. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week and go Pack Go.